0: of everybody who's here for the first time, we honor you. We love you. Maybe you're on our stream for the first time and um, we want you to keep digging, keep going deeper. So the, the word and the phrase level up by definition, I'll give you a couple up here on the screen. It means to go to a higher level. What it means is to say, you know what? God has more to bring me. God, God has a higher level to take me. God wants me to go. I, I can't be complacent at where I'm at today cuz God wants to do more in me and through me. That's what it means to go to a higher level, to increase or improve something. Maybe over the past several weeks God has identified something in your life where you realized I have somewhere something to improve. Something that I need to get better in. The the phrase to move, to make a move in your life for the better. So maybe it's just me, but There has been times over the past couple weeks in this Level Up series where God has placed his finger on something in my life saying, I want you to get better here. Maybe it's better as a husband. Maybe it's better as a uh, a dad. Maybe for you it's better as a mom, a wife, a a fiance, a a business leader, a a worshiper, a, a kingdom man, a kingdom woman, whatever that may be, God's saying, hey, I want you to level up in this area. And so we pray that this series has been helpful for that. But we wanna keep on digging deeper into this topic, and I wanna go ahead and go deeper here today. Our mission at Walk Church, we have a very clear mission statement as to why we exist, and that is to free people to walk in Jesus. We love singing about chains being broken. We love singing about people experiencing freedom because that's why we're here. We're here to help people experience the freedom that's found in Christ, and, and, and freedom that actually has purpose to it, to walk in Christ. That same life Jesus lived in is living his life now through his church today, his hands and feet. And so we asked the question, how do we know when somebody has really experienced freedom and is now walking in Jesus? We believe four things happen. Here's the four. A person knows God person is now finding and involved and engaging in community. A person has discovered their purpose and a person is now making a difference. That's how we define a disciple at Walk Church. Somebody who knows God, finds community, discovers purpose, makes a difference. Hopefully, some of this even sounds repetitive and it's getting into your spirit. Amen? Okay, so we've talked about what it means to know God positionally and practically. We talked about what it means to find community in the the, the essential, vital part of the Christian walk together. We gave practical steps last week. Well, now I want to talk about this third phrase, discover purpose and the, the bigness and the fullness that is found in discovering purpose. I want to preach a message that I'm titling, Level Up Your Purpose. Level Up Your Purpose. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Father, right now as we... Get ready to eat from your word. We know that man doesn't live off bread alone, but every word that comes from God, we ask you to feed us, teach us, open our eyes, open our hearts to get something out of this message. Help us to know clearer our purpose. Change us through this message, God. Clarify why we're here through this message. Help me to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I want to talk to you about this idea, level up your purpose, that everybody in the room is made with a purpose. We believe and we serve an on-purpose God. Can I just submit to you this morning, God has never had a surprise moment. There's never been a moment where God was like, oh, snap. (laughs) What just, what happened? That surprised me. God's never had a moment where he's looked at Jesus or the Holy Spirit, and they have had a confused what-should-we-do-now moment. God is very on purpose. He's very intentional. And so that means, that means, everybody say that means. That means when he made you, it was on purpose. That means that when God thought about you and when God chose to make you to design, to craft. Psalm 139 says, to knit you together in your mother's womb. That He was very purposeful yep. in doing that. I recently read this quote from the author and poet Mark Twain. Mark Twain says, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, yes, the day that you were born is a big Deal, you realized, okay, God has made me. I'm here, I'm alive, wow. But, but, but the second greatest day is when you realize, and I know why, and I know why God chose to design and fashion and shape and make and wire me the way he did. I, I know why I'm here. That's a good place to be. God has made you on purpose and for purpose, and we wanna encourage you to discover what that is. In fact, we wanna help you discover what that is, and so this message would be just a part of that. I'm not gonna give you an exhaustive list today as to why God made you, but what I am gonna give you is nothing less than why he made you. I'm gonna give you a couple reasons, I would even like to call them the primary reasons why you're here today. I wanna give you a couple points as to what your purpose is on this life in this time right now. So if you're ready, one more time, say ready. Ready. All right, here we go. You said you're ready. All right, the first reason why you're here when it comes to discovering your purpose is simply this, to know your creator. I, I know that might sound plain. It might not be super eloquent, but it simply is what it is. You are made to know your creator. Life will never make sense until you know the one who made you. You will go through life searching, looking, reading, asking, do you know why I'm here? Until you realize the one who actually made you and put you here has a purpose for you. You'll never know your purpose until you know the one who created you. This God loves you. This God made you, and he made you for him. I love how it says in Colossians 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes to the Colossian church about this topic. It says, for by him, he's talking about Jesus, all things were created. Can I just remind you? You're part of the all things. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him, now watch this, and for him. So here's the reality. You're created through Jesus. You're created for Jesus. Now, I understand you might not like that answer, but it's still the answer. But I would encourage you to get to liking it because it's so good. Because God is for you and God is for your joy. God wants you to know him. Less than doing things for him, God wants you to know him. Less than doing sacrifices and I got to walk this out and it's going to be super hard, but I'm going to do it. For Jesus, less than any of that, it's I'm getting to know my Savior, my God, Jesus. That that's why you're here. I want to give you your purpose today. Your purpose is to know your creator. And, And here's the reality. He wants you to know him. Can I tell you today, God knows a lot about you. How much do you know about him? Get to know him. He invites you to, no, no, he wants you to know him. He's given you access to know him. Uh, The prophet Hosea gives us this verse from the Lord in Hosea chapter six, verse six. Here's God speaking. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. God is communicating through the prophet Hosea. He's saying, look, I don't need you to work really hard and sacrifice. A, sometimes I think the devil deceives us. If you sacrifice a whole bunch, you'll know God better. Like if you sacrifice a whole lot of, if you, if you warrior it, that's what God's looking for. He wants to see the sweat. He wants, to see, he wants to see hours of Bible reading. He wants you to show up at everything and if you don't, you're a failure. And so you start to think, okay, I gotta sacrifice. And God says, Look, I wasn't looking for you to offer sacrifices. My son is the sacrifice. The final sacrifice has already been made when Jesus says, It is finished. The blood of Jesus has been shed. Thank you, KB, for reminding us through communion that when we take that bread and that cup, it's reminding us that the price has been paid through the blood of Jesus. Jesus is not saying, You need to go sacrifice. I've already sacrificed. I'm looking for you to show love. Where's your heart? I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. I hope today church feels less like giving a burnt offering and more like getting to know God. The, the reason why we're here at church is not to check a box that says I went to church. The reason why we're here is because we want to get to know God better. This right here, especially when we do it corporately together, we get to know God better. And this God is speaking something to you through the text saying, I want to know you. And friend, can I just say, that just doesn't simply wow us enough. I got to remind us sometimes, and whenever I speak this, just know it's speaking to me first. Let me remind you that you are a speck. On the planet. God breathes and planets are formed. God breathes and stars come out and he names them. Like you don't know about Mars. God does. And the reality that God, who's always existed, is perfect in all of his ways, for whatever reason, wants to know you and you are interested in other things. That God who exists in eternity, who resides in heaven, is inviting you to actually know him and his heart and his ways. That should be like, hold up, say what word? Like like God is going into your DMs You're direct and saying, hey, I want to know you. I'd like to get to know you. And we're leaving it left unread. (laughs) Guys, I would love for you to to spend time with me, to hang with me, to know me. The first reason why you exist is to know your creator. My wife Nina and I uh, started watching this show on TV a couple years back. Um, it's called This Is Us. I don't know if you've seen the show This Is Us, but it's a tearjerker, all right? So I don't, if you're not looking for a sappy show, just go ahead and don't even watch it, all right? But that show will mess you up a little bit. But I remember in, I'm not trying to give too much of it away, but there's a moment in the show where one of the actors, one of the characters in the show who was, in a, who was adopted into his family realizes that his dad is still alive. Now, at this point, he's a grown man, almost 40 years old, and he realizes, yo, He finds out that his dad is still alive, and he goes on this journey of trying to find his biological father. He is turning over every rock and stone, trying to find every clue, hiding investigators to try to meet and get to know his creator. And what's so neat about the show is he, he finds him and he, he gets to know him and he gets to ask all these questions and he gets to spend the last few years of his dad's life with him together. But I just want to go ahead and shift for a moment and say, friend, there's so much power in getting to know your creator. Getting to know the one who made you and then getting to know why he made you. What if we got really eager What if we got really hungry? What if we wouldn't settle? We wouldn't get content until we got to know our creator. Until we did whatever it took. Hey, I don't got time to dabble into whatever. I'm getting to know who made me. Because he's got the answer as to why I'm even here. May it never be that I went through life and I never actually did why I was created. You were created to know God. Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church in California says, you were made by God and for God, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. Until you understand that reality, it it just won't make sense. You can try to fill your days with enough stuff so that you'll never have to think about this, but the truth is you'll still think about it. Or the truth is you'll still wake up and you'll still think, I don't know why I'm here. And that thought is draining. That thought is shallow. That that thought is depressing unless you come into the conclusion, you know what? I'm made by somebody. I'm made, I I must be designed. Do you know how much DNA and uniqueness is in a thumbprint? Your thumb is super creative. Like, from my understanding of, of research, I'm not a doctor, so don't, don't get upset with me. But last I researched that doctors, physicians were still trying to dissect what a thought is. Like, where does a thought come from? Does it come from the heart? Does it come from the mind? Does it come from a, a scent? A thought. You just had a thought. Do you know how you had a thought? I don't know either. You must be a, a big God. That is in your thoughts. David in the Psalm says, God, I I think about your ways and they're too fathomable for me to even understand. Sometimes I don't even understand. I just know God is God and I want to get to know him. More than any other thing, I want to get to know my creator and I want to encourage you to get to know him too. Pursue the relationship over the religion. To pursue the relationship with God. Don't worry about the tallies. Let me remind you this, and then I'll move into the next point. When you get to heaven, and let me go ahead and say this, all of us will get to heaven. Not all of us will stay in heaven. Everybody will get there and have a moment where they come before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, in that moment, the measuring board, the scoreboard does not say how many degrees did you collect on earth? does not say, what was your GPA? It does not say, what was your batting average? How many points did you score? Jesus does not look at your bank account. He asks one question. Do you know me, man? Whoa, man? (laughs) If not, why are we here? Heaven is about knowing Jesus. Let me say this you are going to spend a lot more time in eternity than you are on earth. You're going to a place that's called forever. Like, this life is a layover. I, I, I've been sent here to remind you, this is not your final destination. You, God just didn't give you a nonstop flight to heaven. He said, no, you're going to have a a layover. It's going to be in earth. It's going to be right here. And why does earth exist? Let me tell you why earth exists. Earth exists to get you ready for heaven. This life right now is to prepare you, to get you ready for forever, for eternity. There's no holding place in between. Jesus says, you will join me in paradise today to the thief on the cross who believed. You either go to him and remain with him, or you go to him and realize, I really missed it. And at that moment, you're out of time. That's not the moment to get to know Jesus. That's the moment where your knee will bow and your tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. And you will either spend eternity with him or spend eternity without him. Hell is a literal place. Hell is less about a devil with a pitchfork in a fiery furnace. Hell is about being absent from God. Absence from God is absence of purpose. Absence of God is absence of life. Absence of God is absence of love. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, I'm love. I'm those things. The things that we talk about, the things that we crave are actually in a person, Jesus. But until you get to know him life won 't make sense the first reason why you 're created to discovering your purpose was my purpose on earth my purpose is if somebody interviewed you and said, "Hey, tell me your purpose and you said it's to know God you wouldn 't be wrong yeah. Say it again. There, 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 there's more there's more but if you just put a period what what 's your purpose in life? My purpose is to know God period you, you wouldn 't be wrong that 's why you were created to get to know him and to to love him, to walk with him, to worship him. Let me give you the second point. Second point. Know your creator. Second point is to glorify your savior. Yeah. The, the purpose on your life. And I know if you don't know Jesus today, maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. Maybe you got invited. This is all new for you. Friend, I want to tell you today, we're so glad you're here. Yeah. I, so I, KB said he was talking to KB. I, I remember I, being in a church environment I was 19 years old. I'd never been to church in my life. I thought it was so weird. I needed this message. It's okay. Keep coming back. You don't have to have it all figured out. None of us do either, right? Number one, get to know your creator. Number two, to glorify your savior. I want to remind you today that you were created to glorify God. The reason why God chose to make you was that that you would have something, you would carry something, you would bring something, you would do something that would bring him glory. God is passionate, big passionate about his glory. He is. It, It just is what it is. God would even go as far as to say, I'm a jealous God. He's jealous for his glory. God has gone out of his way to make you. With the, re- with the thought that you would give him glory. You're created to glorify your Savior. The good news is, listen to this, ready for this? So, so much good news is that when you do give God glory, you receive joy. There's something about the way that God set it up, macho, that when you give God glory, that's my dog, macho. I just sometimes, me and we, we just start preaching to my bro right here. Just got baptized a couple weeks ago. Praise yeah. the Lord. Come on. Man. There's something about when you give God glory that you feel like you're doing your purpose. I, I, didn't, I didn't know this until I started walking with the Lord. And somebody said, man, Hayden, I just want to thank you for something. I, man, praise the Lord. I, I didn't get the glory. God got the glory. And I felt like I did what I was supposed to. I felt like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right? Something about when God gets the glory for your life and somebody says, hey man, Japper, I got to know Jesus closer because of you. You you then feel better. You feel like I did something. That was why I'm here, to bring God glory. There's a resource that was written many years ago. It's called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And catechisms are made so that people can ask really deep theological questions and short statements can be provided to answer those questions. The first question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism is this. What is the chief end of man? In other ways, what, why does man exist? Here's the first answer. Ready? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. If you boil down what's my purpose, my purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. Yeah. Right? Come on. That's why you exist. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that. If not, I want to tell you that today. Lovingly want to tell you. God has made you to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. John Piper says, when God is most glorified, I'm most satisfied. When God gets the most amount of glory that I can give him in this heavenly sinful shell, when I give him the most amount of glory, I feel satisfied. That's why you're created. And that's why you may be longing for other things. If you have a longing problem, it's because you have a glorifying problem. It's because you're you're either glorifying the wrong things that can't fill you up, or you're not glorifying God the way you should, so you lack being filled up. God, the exchange, the great exchange, is you give me the glory, I'll give you the joy. You'll feel the purpose on your life when you... Glorify me. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43 verse 7 says it like this: Bring all who claim me as their God. Hopefully, that's some of my family and friends in the room today and online. If you would say, "Hey, I, I claim God as my God." He then says, "I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them." God says, "My creation." my glory. God has created you for his glory. In fact, what really is sin? If you boil it down, what is sin? Sin is giving glory to anything but God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You were supposed to give God the glory. You instead gave it to sex. You're supposed to give God the glory. Instead, you gave it to your favorite player. You're supposed to give God the glory, but instead you gave it to your food. It's not that those things are bad. It's just when they take God's glory, they're bad. Right? And, and, and in turn, those things can't give you joy. They can maybe provide a sense of happiness because happiness is determined by what's happening. So maybe your favorite football team will win today and you'll be happy. But maybe they may lose next week and you won't be happy. Or what happens when the season's not even in place? Not happy. God didn't create you to be like that. God created you to find your joy in him. And that comes from him getting the glory that he is due, that he deserves. That's why the prophet Isaiah is saying, all who claim me as their God, look, I created them for me. I created them for my glory. I love how Jesus talks about this when he refers to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ who indwells his church and gives us gifts, gives us comfort, gives us power, gives us memory, gives us strength. Praise God, gives us help. Amen. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. One thing that the Holy Spirit does. Amen. We can clap for the Holy Spirit. Shout out to the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's in attendance. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Peter, right, he's struggling. Peter's like, Jesus, you can't leave us. We've given up everything to follow you. And Jesus says, no, no, it's gonna be a good thing that I go because I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. And then here's what he says. He says, and he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus is telling us the Holy Spirit's purpose, one of them is to glorify the son. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life, when you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, The Holy Spirit in your mind. The Holy Spirit's controlling you. He's he's working in you. He's convicting you of sin. He's encouraging you in the struggle. He's helping you fight this battle because our battle's not against flesh and blood, but it's spiritual, right? The Holy Spirit is gonna do something in you where you're gonna mess around and say, man, praise God. Yeah, I gotta actually give God the glory for that. That's That's the Holy Spirit doing his job. That he will glorify the son. One of the reasons why God created you was that you would give him the glory that he deserves. God wants to use you to bring his name glory. Now don't stop there. And that's so cool because when God's glorified, you feel better. It it gives you a satisfaction that nothing in this world could provide. Even if you, if you interview, I'm a sports guy. I've been around a lot of different sports realms from the highest to the lowest, been able to meet some professionals, being, been able to meet some champions in their sport. What's so interesting is they say that some of the most depressed people in the world are those who win Super Bowl championships because after the game, After the parade, why do you exist? Some of the most depressed people are wives after they have their wedding. What do I do now? I'm just saying it. These are statistics out there. That you put your glory and things that were never supposed to give you satisfaction in the way that only God could. Yeah. And friend, maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're doing that. Like, don't look for your satisfaction to come from your spouse or your lack of spouse. If I could just get married, I would be good. You won't be. You won't be. Can somebody amen that? Like, come on. And and, and marriage is a good thing. Proverbs says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Not a God, but a good. Children are a gift from the Lord, but children aren't God. Gifts and good are not the same thing as God. He gets the glory. You get the joy. It's, It's the secret sauce of why you're created. Let me talk to you about that a little bit deeper know your creator. It's a good song. <laughs> Glorify your savior. And now I want to, I guess I want to bring it down to the ground a little bit. I want to give some, uh, just some handlebars, right? we talked about the, like the, the two points I think in the air, I think we know to be true. How do we, how do we work these out in our everyday lives? How do we know our Creator, Glorify our Savior in the practical, in the, in the here and now. Let me give you the first point. The first point on how you can do that is by creating a lifestyle of worship. Yeah. Notice, notice what I said. A lifestyle of worship. Not a Sunday four-song set worship. Not, not to take away from the song set. But worship is so much more. Worship, friend, hear me, biblically, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not just singing songs, although it is singing songs. Worship is who you are. Worship is what you do. Worship is a lifestyle thing that I want to encourage you with. It'll help you glorify your Savior. It'll help you know your purpose. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, Verse one, he says, I appeal to you. So imagine the apostle Paul here today. I'm reading his letter. I'll do my best read of Paul's letter to his church, the churches, right? Paul saying, I appeal to you. I'm begging you. Brothers, sisters, by the mercies of God, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship? Here's what Paul says. This is your worship. Your worship is you being a living sacrifice. Now, most scholars and commentators will say that this phrase, living sacrifice, is a contradictory statement. There's no such thing as a living sacrifice, Paul. Sacrifices are brought to the altar, are slain, And the blood of the sacrifice exists there to atone for our sin. That's why a sacrifice would be brought. If you read in the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, you'll get to learn about the mosaic in Levitical law. And some of it won't won't make total sense. Praise God, Jesus is the final sacrifice. That if you go to Israel right now, I've, I've spent nearly a year in Israel. I went up to the place where the old temple used to be built where sacrificial sacrifices would be offered. It's not there anymore. The sacrifice has been paid. Now, there's a whole worldwide people group that need to come into the realization that the sacrifice has been paid by Jesus. We would do well to worship him. Right? He's paid that price. Now, what Paul is saying here is, now, for you, though, it, as, as a blood-bought follower of Jesus, that you then can say, okay, that sacrifice has been paid by Christ. Now, I'm going to be a living sacrifice. I'm going to still be alive. I'm going to still function. I'm going to still do what God's called me to do, but I'm going to do it in such a way that I worship the Lord. Yes. So, maybe some of you were asking, you were thinking, I want Haydn to tell me my purpose. Like, <laughs> You're supposed to be magic eight ball. Boom. That's not how we do it. It's not how this works. You'll find out what those specific answers are in knowing God, in glorifying God, in worshiping God. When you start to make worship a lifestyle thing and not just a Sunday thing, you'll start to realize your purpose. Like maybe you're a barista and maybe you're making coffee that's an act of worship. When you hand the drink through the window, see Jesus in the car. It's an act of worship. When you work at a bank and you're crunching numbers, it's an act of worship. When you are showing homes as a realtor, it's an act of worship. When you're teaching students, it's an act of worship. Worship is a lifestyle to the New Testament disciple wanna encourage you to see your job anew, see your lifestyle anew. Waking up is worship. Brushing your teeth, come on, is worship. Can I get an amen from somebody, right? Working out is worship. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Maybe you've heard me say this over the years, but when we used to pass the offering baskets since the pandemic hit, we stopped passing the baskets. We have bins in the back or you can give online. But what what about this imagery of when the basket's passed? If you just messed around and jumped in it, I'm in the basket. I'm I'm the offering. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm, I'm giving myself. Right, Pastor Mike, you came up when we started talking about the offering. I like it. Right, um, you know, Pastor Mike, we'll be doing. The, you'll be doing the count with our awesome count team. We have a system in place to make sure we have multiple eyes on our count and stewardship and accountability. But what if you like? were like, okay, there's $15.57 given and a japper, right? And a person put themselves in the offering basket, a living sacrifice. I'm yours, Lord. I'm here to worship. You will discover your purpose when you begin living a lifestyle of worship. See your domain, see your vocation, see your job, see your lack of job, see your classroom. If you're in high school, middle school, elementary school, preschool, this is an act of worship. Don't just do it because you have to, do it because you're a worshiper. It'll help you in this season. Let me give you another example. A lifestyle of worship and a lifestyle of service. This will be the last point of the sermon When it comes to discovering your purpose, having a lifestyle of serving will help you unlock and discover why you're here. As you get to know God, as you glorify God, we are created to serve. I came across this verse in Mark chapter 10. Maybe you've seen it before. I'll put it up on the screen. For even, let's read it together, ready, go. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man, Jesus. See, there was, you know, Jesus, right? He multiplies the bread. All of a sudden, there's 5,000 pieces of bread. Turns the water into wine, and all the people at the party are like, that's our God, yeah, right? Jesus, he raises somebody from the dead. He heals a blind man. He is just moving and shaking like only he can. He's walking on water. And so people started to come around and say, okay, we need to make him our king. They wanted to prop Jesus up. They wanted, to take, they wanted to wear shirts with pictures of Jesus on it. Like, yeah, we're on team Jesus. Check them out. Let's all serve Jesus. And then Jesus has to stop and say, wait, wait, wait. It's not why I'm here. I did not come here to be served. I came here to serve. To serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, I'm giving my life for you. I'm coming to serve you. Why does Jesus tell the disciples, everybody take off your sandals. I'm gonna wash your feet. What does Jesus say after he washes the disciples' feet? Now you go do likewise. Friend, we're created to serve. We're created in the image of God. We're created to be like God. We're created to serve. The likeness of God, we're created to serve. I wanna ask you today, To examine your life and ask yourself, where am I serving? Because God has put something in you to serve the people around you. Let me say that again. Come on, stay with me. We're almost done. God has put something in you. He's wired it in you to serve the people around you. I I can't tell you all of what that is. I, I can't. Only you know that. It's between you and God. But he's done it the Apostle Paul says to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 2, he says, we are his workmanship. Workmanship, it means that you're God's creation. He's worked you together. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should, I love this word, say this word. Come on, say it again. So that we should walk in them. God's created you to walk in the good works that long before you were born, He he created you for this. He made you for this. I sometimes think about people and just in our church, and I'm like, man, God's created you for this. Right? Like sometimes I think about my wife Nina and I sometimes see her, she'll be teaching two and three-year-olds. And I'll be like, How do you do that? You're made for this. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be looking around, I'll be hanging out with Pastor Mike and He's a business thinker, leader, so he's crunching numbers. He's thinking about administration. He's thinking about logistical items. And then I'm just like, Yo, I got to go. I can't. I'm overwhelmed, right? Sometimes I'll be hanging out with Pastor Wes. We were in a meeting one time. I'll never forget this moment. We're in this meeting. We're listening to somebody share. And Pastor Wes is focused on the meeting, and he's got a laptop right here, not looking at it. And I'm distracted by him. I say, yo, Wes, what are you doing? He said, I'm writing a software. <laughs> what? And, it's, and he's typing code language in the internet space. It's like Y dash period L B O dash dot dot. It's one of those black screens. I'm like, this is crazy. God has wired you different. Right? I was over here with Vashon earlier and I was watching him play these different notes and I realized there's no music paper up here. (laughs) It's a gift. Right? Look, when you start working your gift, God's giving you gifts. Like, praise the Lord, some of our church family have been helping Nina and I renovate our house. God's given some of y'all painting gifts. (laughs) And I need to talk to you. I'm just, man. no, for real though, there's a, a couple, I'm saying we're already there, right? But God has been kind to us and man, and we're serving like, you don't want me to come paint your house. I promise. I'm going to do my part. You got to do your part. God has created you. You're his workmanship. Uh, let me show you the, the new living Translation, NLT. We are God's masterpiece. Look at me, church. You are God's Mona Lisa. You you are God's uh, starry night. Whatever your favorite painting is, you're God's masterpiece. I wonder if the angels, Pastor Mike, I wonder if the angels looked at Jesus one day and said, Jesus, show us your masterpiece. And I wonder if Jesus somehow pointed to you said, this right here is my masterpiece. This is a human being, angel. It says that the angels are in awe of what God is doing. The manifold wisdom, the the many cultures and colors of church, and the many different lifestyles that are all together, every tribe, every tongue, every language, every nation, gathered to worship King Jesus. Amen. Amen. The angels are in awe of that. This is the masterpiece. It's created us new. Maybe you came in here feeling very old spiritually. <laughs> he can make you new. I've seen old people experience Jesus and feel new again. Moses didn't discover his purpose until he was in his 80s. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he had planned for us long ago. I just know this. God has purpose on your life. He's created you for good things. You'll never know what they are until you get to know Him and say, God, I'm gonna glorify you. And here's what God's gonna say. He says, all right, you you wanna do this? You wanna do what I created you for? Have a lifestyle of worship and have a lifestyle of service. In doing so, you'll find your purpose. In doing so, you'll realize I'm created for this. I'm doing what God created me for. Final verse, Uh, I I love what it says in 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. Peter, right, He's, he's writing to the churches. Here's what he says. He says, as each has received a gift. Think about that language for a second. A gift doesn't just magically appear. A gift is given. God has given you a gift, amen? Like, I wanna try to help you reimagine the glory and the worship that he deserves. God's given you a gift. Did you deserve a gift? Answer. You didn't, you deserved to go to hell. Like, I'm saying that. I was supposed to go with you. Our God intervened, gave his son to take our place. Jesus takes our place. The grace of God is he doesn't just take our place. He gives us grace. So he gives us gifts. Now the gifts you've been given are not to say, hey, everybody, look at my gifts. I'm so gifted, they should have named me gift. I'm super gifted. Did y'all know, Danny, I'm gifted, bro. Like, Nah, I'm, what are you doing with your gift? God's given y'all gifts. What are you doing with it? Use it to serve one another. Use your gift to serve one another. That's how you steward your gift. Good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, maybe you have a speaking gift. Do it as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified. There it is, do you see it? When you use your gift, when you start to serve, God gets glory. You found your purpose. Amen? Through Jesus Christ. To him, not to you, to him belong glory and dominion. Forever and ever. Amen. Friend, I want to encourage you with that. Lifestyle of worship, lifestyle of service. I'm created to know God and I'm created to glorify God. I'm going to start doing those things. I promise you. If you start to do those things and you come back a year later and you's like, I still don't know my purpose. I want to talk with you about that. Because I believe your purpose will evolve from glorifying God and getting to know him. He'll show you. He'll say, this is what I want you to do. And I love you. And I'm for you. I made you for it. How can you fail? I made you for it, amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for your church. Thank you for this word. God, I give you the glory, the honor, the praise, the worship that you deserve. God, thank you for this body. Thank you for these friends. Thank you for new friends that we're making today. And God, I pray right now, if somebody in this room came in today, maybe it's a high school student. Maybe it's somebody who got invited. Maybe you're just in town in Vegas. You came to church for a random weekend. Today, if you don't know Jesus, start now. Come on, everybody, just if you would want to, just, you don't have to, but if you want to, just join me in this prayer right now. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I want to know you better. I want to know you more. I want you to know all of me. I give you the glory. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. I believe you rose for me. I believe you're coming again. I receive you into my mind. I I receive you into my heart. Save me. Help me to know my purpose in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.